Do you aspire to have a better connection with your daughter? Hmm? I've known this feeling and there's a way to meet this challenge. That's what this podcast is all about. It starts with simple steps to help mothers and daughters work together and explore subjects that matter to each of them, regardless of age. Hi, I'm Amy Miller, founder of Amy's Art Palette and the host of the Mother Daughter Art Project. I'm a mom and also a credentialed art teacher, certified parent coach, artist, camp mom, and connector. Creating a stronger bridge between people is the essence of what I do, especially with mothers and daughters. This podcast was born from the positive impact that the Mother Daughter Art Project, a monthly subscription box membership, was having on so many family dynamics. You'll hear from me and experts who see the importance of building a strong bridge between mothers and daughters and have ways to make that happen. I'm so grateful you're here listening. Thank you for showing up today and for showing up for you and your daughter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this month's episode of the Mother Daughter Art Project, also serving the Duet Project. I am here with Lisa Tenner, who is a book writing and publishing coach. Her latest book, The Joy of Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes a Day, has won the Nautilus Award the IPI and the National Indie Excellence Award. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you, Amy. And thank you for sending me a copy of the book. I've, I've already started it and I have enjoyed every entry up to now and I look forward to, to continuing through the book. It's really I'm helping so me think. Yeah. So to start us off, I was thinking about some questions I could ask you now. My first question that came to mind was, is there a difference between a diary and a journal? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So, so, you know, when I think of a diary, it tends to be more informational, right? Like here's what I did today. It's keeping track of things, but a journal is really an exploration more, or, you know, it can be more spontaneous. Sometimes a journal, you might have prompts and with those prompts, you, go on a journey with it, right? And you don't really know where you're going with it. So it's much more of an exploration and a creative process, whereas a diary, sometimes there's exploration in a diary too. There's certainly overlap with how those words are used. But in general, I would say a diary, we often think of like a captain's log, right? Or like a, yeah. something more informational or not, not as deep. I love that you explained it that way. I got a little teary-eyed actually oh. with your with your answer. And it makes sense because I, I really haven't thought too much about it, but a diary does now reflecting back, like it's informational what I did this day versus a journal of exploration. And I think that that's where I got triggered with my emotions of the journaling of exploration. Mm. So- this is a great segue to the next question is, so a journal holds our private thoughts and what can we do to make sure no one reads it? I mean, like I have my journals and diaries, I guess, whatever I called them back then from when I was younger. And I, I, I don't want anyone to read them. Part of me wants to burn them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone once said to me, oh, it's so freeing to burn your journals. And I did that. Or I didn't burn them, but I threw a bunch away thinking, oh, she's right. I carried like 
all of these notebooks from college and from traveling and I just got rid of them. And I kind of regret it because now there are parts of my life I want to write about and I don't have that record. So I would, I would urge you to really consider carefully before burning your journals. And, but you know, it, it, it depends on who you live with, I would say, you know, if it's somebody you really think might, you know, might just be too tempted if they came upon your journal, maybe you need a little key and put it, you know, unlock and put it in a, a like a metal box that, you know, can't be easily picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if you live with somebody who's respectful, I think if you, if you just have a place, you tuck them away and, you know, that th- that's usually enough. I, I'm a little sloppy with mine. And every once in a while, I think, gosh, I hope like my kids don't pick up my journals and start looking at this. So I probably could be a little more careful. But, you know, it depends who you live with, too. I think you have to know yeah. them and know yourself. Yeah, I have never locked mine up and and they are just out, not out, but easy to find, I guess, mm-hmm. if you were looking for them. I'm not going to say where they are. Yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> That's funny. So I think I have never been consistent with my writing, though I aspire to be more consistent. And and then when I start journaling, I feel like there's rules about journaling, and oh, I need to do this every day. And then if I start it and I have the best of intentions, and then when I don't actually continue it, I kind of feel like I've failed. And so. A journal doesn't need to be written in every day, but how can I get over that hump of like, I failed, like your book, like write in this every day for the next 30 days. And I've enjoyed it so much, but I haven't done it every day. And so now I kind of feel like, is it too late for me? So, you know, part of me wants to just say, you should journal about that. Because right? there's some rich material there about that. So I really would encourage you to journal about that. And, you know, if you find yourself stuck in the negative, like, oh, I didn't write for three days and so I've already failed. I I'd encourage you to like ask yourself some questions. Like, is that really true? What's the voice that's saying this? You know, maybe even have a dialogue with that voice. Why are you saying this to me? And then have the voice respond and kind of get playful with it because it might actually be really freeing as you do that. And it's so much better for you to give yourself the answer, right? Than for me to give you a glib answer of do this or do that. But I I think if you journaled about it, you'd actually uncover some pretty interesting stuff because those are just, you know, kind of, I, I think they call them parts in therapy, right? Like aspects of ourselves, you know, the critic and the doubter and all those kinds of things. So I think that might be a way to sort of see what that part, why that part's acting that way. What, you know, what's behind that. And maybe you can update that part. Like, oh, thanks for protecting me in this way. But guess what? I'm an adult now. I'm not five. I don't need that. So I think you might have a lot of fun with that actually, as you explore it. And, you know, we all beat ourselves up for certain things, but really journaling is not a good thing to beat yourself. Nothing is a good thing to beat yourself up about, but journaling is particularly not worth beating yourself up about. And, and, you know, the truth is the first time I worked through the joy of writing journal and I was doing it every day. And then I think I missed a couple days or there were days where I just did my list of five and I just didn't feel inspired to write something. So I went back to the prompt the next day and it was really interesting. The ones where I 
waited because I didn't feel inspired. I actually had some really rich stuff the next day. So I think I just needed to sit with it. And then stuff came out that was really interesting. Thank you for that advice. It also reminds me of yesterday when I was giving a presentation, a workshop for someone else's community about emotional balance. It got brought up that we are so much more accepting of other people and their perceived flaws and help them through it versus our own. And we are so much more critical of ourselves. So I will take your advice. I will journal about it. And I'm going to get back to you on it. Great, great. I look forward to hearing. You know, and the other thing is, and a lot of people do get stuck sometimes, not, not maybe a lot, a lot, but you know, like there's that idea of morning pages where maybe you're, you know, I think she even talks about vomiting on the page. Like there's some value to exploring the ickiness and icky feelings, but don't get stuck there, you know? So if you notice like, oh, wow, I've like spent, I'm planning on like, five minutes of journaling this morning, I've already spent two in this space, maybe start to ask yourself questions like, is there another way to see this? Is there another perspective or is there a gift in this? So, you know, if, if, if it's easy to get stuck in the negative and just notice when that's happening and, and I'm sure you'll find creative ways to, to, to sort of open that up so that you're not stuck in that place. But I think it's a good thing to be sharing with the group because, you know, that can come up. And yeah. if you if you notice that you're sort of stuck in a groove of negativity, that's not helpful to mm-hmm. you. Yep. So what would you say the most valuable lesson that you've learned from journaling? For oh, wow. You know, I think it's like solving the problems of my life that whenever I've had a really challenging problem, whether it was a chronic health issue and it turned out I had chronic fatigue, like journaling saved me when I was burnt out in a job as a nonprofit director, my journal really helped me find like access my creativity and my life force and and then leave that job and really find my next steps. And and it helped me when I was broke, like, and and I knew I didn't want to go back to the burnout nonprofit work. And I had a small child, like what's next? My journal led me to teaching the steps that I used for writing my book, both, both for writing a book and writing a book proposal, but also just for getting in a creative space. And that really led to being a book coach. Like it, it just, kind of led me step by step. I didn't have this grand plan, but it sort of happened through that journaling process, that discovery process. So, you know, it, it's just, I think journaling is such such a way to deepen one's knowledge of oneself and, and one's relationships, but also a way to really solve life's biggest problems from by accessing that inner wisdom. Smart. You're a smart woman. I went to MIT. Oh, well, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm not sure that they're teaching you what I am perceiving as so smart at MIT. <laughs> it, you have both lot. brains working for you, for sure. 
But you know, actually, I had some amazing writing teachers there. MIT was like trying to pull people from Harvard or like get people who were thinking of Harvard because they were trying to really improve the humanities at the time. And we had amazing teachers, Frank Conroy, who went on to become the director of the Iowa Writers Workshop, and A.R. Gurney Jr., a playwright who you still see his plays many, many years later, you know, on, on off Broadway and different places. And he was he was really an extraordinary teacher. I had him for a few classes and of several poets. So it was really actually really rich creatively. And then the month of January, you had off and you could take any little classes you wanted. So there were some classes that were a whole month long, but most of them were like either one time, like two hours or a whole week, but like once a week for an hour or something. And I took Chinese brush painting. I took a wine tasting class. There were all kinds of arts things that you could get tickets for. It was really quite extraordinary. So yeah, so actually it was a weird place, I think, for somebody who really in her heart wanted to be a writer. Sometimes I felt out of place. But at the same time, it was very nurturing in terms of offering so much richness, I think. Oh, and here's a really funny one. We had a week where they had the International Space University, the very first one. And the idea was eventually there will be a university in space. And, and this was like the inaugural seed of it. And so for a week, we had these lectures from former astronauts and people, rocket scientists who are figuring out how we get that lab in space and different ways to get rockets out there. So it, it was kind of fun. My parents came during that time. So my father got to come and we got these little certificate gifts for being the graduating class. Of, of the, the space university. Space university. <laughs> wow. That sounds like fun. It was fun. So let's focus real back real quick back into the journaling Sorry. my daughter my daughter Sarah was really into bullet journaling for a while mm. and she is an incredible calligrapher and artist and she would share some of her pages with me and they're so detailed what has been your experience with bullet journaling have you ever tried it you know I haven't my niece does these exquisite bullet journals and I've been so inspired seeing what she does and actually I think that really inspired me like I got the idea of creating a journal into my head and I actually asked her if she wanted to do some artwork for it and the timing just she wanted to but then the timing didn't work out but but seeing her definitely inspired me and I do think that combining what I do sometimes do is I will combine a lot of doodling with the writing in my journal. And I think doodling is such an amazing way to sort of connecting the right and left brain and yes. not really thinking like stuff goes on when you doodle that oh, subconscious, I guess. That's so true because the workshop I did yesterday was uh -huh. about emotional balance, but mm -hmm. at the same time we were doodling inside a heart and oh, wow. it, it was a combination. I'm just looking for it. I know I that I had tell. it here. I can tell. So yeah, I would love to try a bullet journal at some point and I will, but have not so far. Well, it it's very powerful that doodling in the heart and asking and talking about emotional balance 
it, it's gonna it, drive you crazy until you find well, it. I know I, I know it's around here somewhere. I mean, I just I just had it yesterday also. It's not in the studio. It could be in the studio. The it kind of parallels what the duet project and the mother-daughter art project is. You know, keeping our hands busy allows our hearts to open and to tap into our creativity and then to tap into our feelings and emotions and conversation about these certain topics. So the doodling and the busyness, directed busyness or, you know, crafting. Yeah. It's all about what I've created with these two products. And they so I'm lucky the I... defenses, right? It's like we open up and that's when we can really beautifully connect. I actually have my, I'm so excited. When I heard about the Mother Daughter Art Project, I ordered, I ordered this wonderful kit and we're going to be stenciling and I, I ordered it. I don't have a daughter, but my sister is coming in two weeks and we are going to do the mother daughter art project together. And she's excited and I'm excited. So I look forward to telling you how it goes. Oh yes. Yeah. So we'll have lots to share after you do that with your sister. And my sister's coming up to the cabin this weekend and I'm going to have her do some printmaking with me as a, to set up some photos also for the first art retreat that I'm going to have up at the cabin. Like this beautiful card you sent me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Oh, I'm really going to be happy to have our next conversation. So it's very apparent that journaling can improve our lives. And what ways have you found, you know, not just for yourself, but for others, that journaling is really improving their lives from, from their mental health to, to all the things. What are some yeah. of those things? It, there, I think there is so much. And, you know, certainly there's a lot of science behind it. James Pennebaker did a lot of research showing how journaling and writing helped with trauma and di different, different, I think, I'm not sure if it was his research, but it can help with depression, anxiety. And actually, um, I had a mom who wrote to me, you know, I kind of envisioned mostly adults reading this book and, and, and then it won this award for the Nautilus Award in the young adult category. So I realized, you know, it's a much broader group that's using it. And a mom wrote to me, she was using the book with her son who suffered from anxiety and had trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. And she wrote to tell me that every night they were doing one of the prompts in the book and he enjoyed writing journal. And he was, it lessened his anxiety and he was sleeping better. And that to me was like one of the most beautiful stories of what can happen unexpectedly. You know, I, I really wasn't anticipating that. But journaling can help with your memory and it can also, so many things. Uh, it, it also, I think really can help people with their sense of self-worth and confidence. And I saw when the book first came out, I had a, one month adventure for people. I'm going to start doing that again soon, but I had a one month adventure and people could share something from what they journaled that day or an insight that they had. And there were quite a few people who said that they were newer to journaling or to writing and they didn't have a lot of confidence and doing this just gave them this confidence that oh, I have something to say and I can write and this is joyful and I want to do more of it. So I, I think it, it just, you know, you get started and you really get hooked. That's inspiring me to even do more of the writing in the journal 
the joy of writing journal that you sent me because I want to have some of those feelings too. It's yeah. like, oh, what am I going to write? Oh, okay. Well, here's the prompt. And, and I like the idea that you said earlier about, you know, writing a list and then thinking about it and coming back to it because you weren't inspired and giving permission that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You do it in your own way and there's not, you, you can't do it wrong really. Except yes. if you never do it, then that's, <laughs> but you really, you really can't do it wrong. Yeah. And, and I did the list part because I felt like if, you know, sometimes the first thing you think of isn't that fruitful. And so if you make a list of this one's five things, you know, and then you choose one or maybe a cup one and combine them in some quirky way, it, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. And also then you can go back, like it, it'll last a whole lot more than 30 days because you can go back and and keep, keep adding and changing. Yeah. I read that. I read the whole, from the very, very front cover, I've read every word that you've written up into where I'm at. And I like that. Like, well, you write about one thing right now and then go back to the list and write about that next thing if you'd like. Yeah. It does last more than 30 days. So there's lots of journals. There's a food journal, a goal setting journal, a daily journal, a gratitude journal, a fitness journal, a stream of consciousness journal. I want to keep all of these journals, but I don't keep the commitment. That could be another podcast topic, but do you have a favorite type of journal? So, yeah, I mean, I love a prompts journal and I can remember actually in college, or it might've been right after we graduated, I would meet with a friend in Harvard Square. We had our favorite cafe. I think it's, I think I mentioned it in this book. It might be in the next book, but which is not out yet, but, but we would, we would write in this little cafe Pamplona and we would use Natalie Goldberg's book, Writing Down the Bones. And she gave prompts, little stories and then a prompt. And I just find it so empowering and freeing because you're not coming to the page with this idea of here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to accomplish. But, you know, you're really free to write anything. And the prompt kind of takes some of the pressure off. It's like sometimes if you're trying to write a chapter, it's like, oh, wow, I have to think of really interesting things to say about, you know, a mindset about making money you know, and, and it can come out sort of dry because of that pressure. But when you start with really something that there's no pressure and it's just a question and you can kind of do with it what you want, sometimes the juiciest and most interesting things come out of that. So it's a great practice. And so, so I love prompts and it's interesting. I was on a call yesterday for a writing storytelling conference actually that is going to be in Virginia this summer 1455 and they and there so there were four of us on the call the, the it's the person who organized it Sean Murphy and then two other authors and we it was interesting because we were all saying how much we enjoyed a prompts journal and so I think a lot of people, even very experienced writers, enjoy that freedom of a prompts journal. And you don't have to have any experience as a writer or journaler, right? So it's, it, it's a really nice place to start. But a gratitude journal is fun too. And, you know, a dream journal, writing down your dreams and then playing with that and doing some creative stuff with that can be also really, really juicy. So I like to do that too. And a blank journal. Blank journals are great. I have a million blank journals like that was that was one of my questions here do you prefer a blank journal or a one with lines or uh, oh i i do tend to like the lines because i do write but then i've noticed sometimes i have the lines and then i <laughs> i don't always 
always you follow know, them. It depends. That happens um, to I, me. I do like to draw and doodle. So, but I think if I were more of an artist, I'd probably want a blank journal. But because I mostly write, I like the lines. They do help. Otherwise, I kind of. <laughs> so in your book, The Joy of Writing Journal, you talk about writing in the same spot at the same time every day. And that is one of the ways that I felt like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. Is that okay? So besides picking the time and place every time, what is the, another effective way to keep with the habit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to always write the same place and time. It makes it easier because then you never have to be making decisions. It's like I wake up in the morning, my journal's there and I start writing in it. And so it's not a decision of, you know, will I write? When will I write? Where will I write? It's like easy. It's a habit, but, but you don't have to do that. And one thing that's helpful is to schedule in the writing. So the other day I knew I wanted to work on a particular thing. And I, I, so I, I made a commitment that I was going to write at this beautiful Kinney Azalea garden in Kingston, Rhode Island. And that, uh, that I'd bring my journal with me when I went to this other appointment that's nearby and so I wrote the exact times, you know, so that I made that time in my appointment book. And that's really the most important thing is that you schedule that time because it's really easy to say, I'm going to write Saturday afternoon. That that's like the kind of thing that's so easy to let go of because I didn't say a specific time. So it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'll do that later in the afternoon. Oh, I'll just do this other thing first. And then, you know, suddenly it's 8 PM. I'm like, oh, it, I didn't do that. That sounds like exercising for me too. Like, yeah. right. I have to do it first thing in the morning. If I don't, then I say, oh, I'm going to do it later. And then in the bigger picture, for me, I know it's all about my time management. So if I just. Yeah. yeah. So schedule it, make it a priority. Schedule the journaling, oh. scheduling the exercise, scheduling, scheduling yeah. all my things. And, I, you know, I. Well, be... Yeah. And, you know, people do struggle with that. So I actually do have this group that now starting in July, we're meeting uh once a week for four weeks every month so most months it'll be once a week and we get into that place of flow doing some movement and breath and intention setting and then we write and then we do gratitude at the end so it's you know sometimes being part of a group can really help and I know a lot of people have said I've wanted to write a book for 10 years I've wanted to you know start a blog for 10 years and then having that you know, every week they know they're going to be in that place and they've got all this support to write. Like, it's kind of amazing. Like we're, you know, we're not even looking at each other on Zoom. We're all writing, but because we do that warm up together and set an intention, there's a real power behind that. There's power in community. So sometimes the, the, the aloneness aspect, I think can make it hard for people. And if you, you know, there are lots of ways to hack that, but one is to join some kind of group where you're all writing. That's a great idea. I agree with that. I work much better if there's other people around, even doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. um, I just, that's why sometimes I'll, I'll listen to something like a show in the background while I need to be productive doing something else. Cause it feels yeah. like there's other people in the room, even though I'm, I'm listening to the show, but not, or a podcast, but not talking to anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't feel so alone. Yeah. So do you have, 
like your top three prompts if if people just wanted to start like right after this podcast like what are your not the top three but what are some favorite prompts that you know you know three prompts that we can say you know today you know here's your prompt for today yeah here's your prompt for tomorrow here's your prompt for the next day or the next week right so, you know, one of, one of my top ones is just what brings you joy, like list five things or actually better list 10 things that bring you joy and then just pick one of those and explore it and, and really explore it, you know, in detail and, and, and maybe even list 10 things and then do one of them and then write about it in your journal. So you could do it either of those ways. Let's see. I'm going to just do a random one. Let's see what this is. Okay. This is kind of a funky one. Think about interesting character traits that you could use for a character that either you're writing about or just like, you know, make making up a character. And so list 10 personality traits and maybe consider some flaws and some that are just quirky traits and others that are real strengths. And then the prompt is to pick one or more of these traits and create a character or think of a person with these traits and imagine that character or person in a suspenseful or high stakes scene, what happens? So that's kind of a funny, uh, that's you know, a funny one. one. And, and something that people wouldn't necessarily think about, like Maybe people are not thinking about writing a book. And I know that you're one of the uh, book coach. I know you're a book coach. So that would be like a really good prompt for someone who was thinking about writing a book to do, just to think about one specific character and their characteristics. But if we're not intending to write a book, we can still do that and let our imagination and creativity explore what kind of character or person can you imagine and, you know, maybe be inspired in other ways by that character? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And I, I think, I, I think that, you know, you don't have to want to be a writer to play and, and what, what on this other panel discussion yesterday, that something came up of, you know, one of the authors, Justin Aaron was talking about playing the piano and he said, you know, he's playing the piano the other day and was thinking like, we talk about playing the piano or we use playing with a lot of other other avocations, but we don't really say I'm playing writing or playing at writing, which is kind of interesting, but you can play when you're writing. And I think sometimes our teachers, you know, make us think that writing is this boring thing we have to do and we're not good at it. Writing yes. is really playful and, and it's, it's a fun exploration. Let's see. I know when I have to write my emails or, you know, I need to be in a place of inspiration. And when I am, it really flows easily and my personality comes through and it, it just is, I'm in the flow. But if I'm not in that kind of inspirational space, it seems so difficult. Well, you know, I, I think that you just need like a container for that. Like think about, you know, what's my intention for this time? And, and like maybe even before that, tune in, do a little breathing or movement, tune in to your body and kind of what's going on within you. And, and then set an intention and just 
you know, and then call in the muse. You might even write hello muse at the top of the page. And, and once you do that, you might find that it really flows and then you can end with gratitude or you can start with gratitude too. But those, those things might help you yes. get in that state of flow more quickly. Thank you. Lisa, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And as I'm reviewing my notes of what I wanted to talk to you about, I just want to say, as I was flowing with my question, the one that came up most is, how do we stick with the habit? And, and it came up three different times in, as I was creating these questions. So I think that for me personally, sticking with the habit is, is the biggest challenge. Yeah. So, you know, one thing is, I think if you have some kind of structure, like even just a book, right, that's 30 days. So it's like, let me just do this for 30 days. And that in itself can help create a new habit, right? Because 30 mm -hmm. days is a long time to, but you've got that support. You could also, let's just say you're working through the Joy of Writing Journal, but you could do this with any kind of journal, is to do it with somebody, to get together. And you could do it in person or you could do it virtually, but say, hey, every morning, let's just do 10 minutes together. So then you've got that, that you know, that support or, you know, obviously class, like get your writing done where you, again, you, you're paying some money. So you've got some skin in the game and you've got this commitment and you know, other people are showing up. You're all showing up for each other to write. So again, something like that, where you, where you have support and accountability, but also a structure, I think is really helpful to keep, keep that, um, that habit so that you're doing it, whether it's every day or even just once a week, but it's, it's consistent. But, but I think community is really helpful. Some people do Facebook communities and that can work. Problem with Facebook is it can be really distracting. And what you don't want is something that's going to take you away from the writing. So I'm a little leery of things like that, where it could be so easy to be on that group and be commenting, but are you doing the writing? Yeah. So I, I would say better is like something in person or just personal with, with another person. Yeah. Um, I like so the, the writing, but I like the writing buddy idea. I'm going to yeah. explore that and see if I can find the right person to be my writing buddy. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. When people want to find you and they're inspired, how can they find you? And I'll make sure I have all what you say now in the show notes. And so people can look at the show notes, but just tell us, where can we find you? Sure. It's lisatender.com and it's my website and blog. And Facebook, I have a group, Write and Create with Lisa Tenner. I, I will try to be making, you know, kind of supporting you and nudging you to not just comment in the group, but to really use it as a place to make some commitments to it. And so, so leverage for writing so that you're not, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't end up being a distraction. Instagram, Lisa Tenner writes. And Twitter is just Lisa Tenner. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. So a bunch of places you can find me but the website's probably the easiest. Great. Yeah, I'm sure you have links to all of those places just at lisatenner.com. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you again. I'm excited for you to do the Mother Daughter Art Project box with your sister. And I know that you've mentioned you're interested in the Duet Project, which is the digital magazine where you buy your own supplies. And it's yes. the same content. And I'm super excited for you to explore that too. And let me know who you do it with. And on our next call, just, you know, 
I'll tell you how I've dedicated myself to doing some more journaling with your book. And then you can tell me how it goes with your sister. That sounds great. And I'll try to remember too, maybe, you know, I'll make a note on the box that we can do a little video or something about the experience. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, because yeah. the Mother Daughter Art Project is, is a small boutique experience. Mm-hmm. And the Duet Project is what's available, not just for mothers and daughters, but sisters and, and everybody. And it's available. I have three chapters already published. It's so exciting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one too. So I'm going to rate it in my book. You know, I was talking about making those commitments. So I'm going to rate it in my book, Mother Daughter Video, so that we make sure we make a, a video for you too about that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, and, and I just want to say to everybody who's watching, you know, enjoy and play and take the pressure off yourself because journaling can be really fun and, and do some art and doodling when you journal too. It, it's rich. Thank you. Great point. And, and I also, when, when I send the art project and give the instruction for the crafts, you know, there's not just one way. You know, I'm sending instructions, but everyone's going to just do it their own way. And it's more about the process of doing it and keeping our hands busy than the Mm -hmm. actual product that you come out with. Yes. Yeah. The products, the icing on the cake. (laughs) All right. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Mother Daughter Art Project podcast. We welcome any reviews and comments on your favorite listening platform. You can make a lasting impact by sharing this podcast with those you love. For more information about the Mother Daughter Art Project monthly subscription box, visit amysartpalette.com. Are you feeling uneasy that you're not an artist? Don't be. I taught elementary school art and designed the projects to be accessible for all ages. I believe everyone is an artist and it's just finding the right materials you enjoy working with. But remember, it's not about the project, but the process and journey you will be on with your daughter. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amy's Art Palette. That's Amy's Art Palette with one L and two T's, and you'll get to see all the original art we've been creating and the life-changing comments from our members. Thanks for showing up and finding ways to connect today and every day.